0: If you have been seeking the Lord over these 40 days, I guarantee you, you have faced some giant. Maybe more than one. Attack comes. Attack comes. Let's just dive right into it for just a second. If you are seeking the Lord, if you are seeking breakthrough, let's look at David. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse uh, 8. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 8. Let's just dive right into it. This is from the NIV. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for the battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will be our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philist, on hearing the Philistine words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. First off, I want you to catch something. I believe I may have even preached this on some level at one time. I know I did in Uganda. Who gives the enemy the right to tell us how our life is going to be dictated? Who gives the enemy the right to say how the battle is going to be fought? Who gave him the right to say, if you do this, this is what's going to happen? Who says? When, when the doctor comes to you and says, this is what the report says, and this is where your life is going, who says? You? When the bank says, one more payment and you're going under, you know what? We got to honor what the bank says. We, we want to honor and respect the doctor's. what does God say? If I turn to God, he's going to rescue me every time. But the problem is Saul and his men did not hear God. They heard the giant. And what happened? They were terrified. How many times do we walk through life and an enemy comes at us and our first reaction is terrified? We're terrified. You know, I, I went to the football game last night, to the UT football game and I was watching the screen of the uh, Tennessee Tech-Arkansas game. And it started off 3 to nothing Tennessee Tech. And you know, a, a thought crossed my mind. What if? What if something miraculous happened and they beat them? And then reality kicked in. Worldly reality. And they got beat, I don't know, 60-3. to three. I don't know what it was. It was a rout. But can you imagine the children of Israel going up against bigger armies than them and them thinking, you know what, this doesn't look good. But God said it, let's go fight. The king has heard from God, let's go. Can you imagine going into battle saying, there's no way we can win without God, but we're going to go fight anyway because God said and because our leadership said, we're going. Okay, doesn't look good, but it's not my problem. My problem is to fight. Your problem is not the victory. Your problem is to fight. When God said to the king, go out and be fighting during this time, and David didn't, what happened to him? He fell into sin. It was his responsibility to be out fighting. There is a time, church, to fight. Who gives the enemy the right to establish our future? God didn't. God didn't give that authority to, to Goliath, did he? Why are the people allowing this uncircumcised Philistine to write the rules of engagement? Why are they listening to him and accepting his order? He's big. He's strong. He's ugly. He probably smells. He's mean. Who is setting the standard today? What are we putting up with? Why are we putting up with it? So David's not even there. And David's dad, Jesse, says, David, go give the boys some snacks. Go send some cheese to the boys. They need some snacks. I bet they're hungry. David said, okay. Little scrawny David, good-looking David. Didn't have any business being out on the battlefield. He he looks too pretty. You know, when when Samuel was looking at all of them, it can't be him. It's got to be this guy. No, David, David, go. You go take them some snacks. It wasn't dad saying, David, go fight. The the Lord has told me for you to go fight. No, it's not what the daddy said. Go give your brothers some snacks. Go serve your brothers. Okay, dad. And what happened? He got out there and he started looking around and look at what happened. He got out there and he hears. Did you know that Goliath came out every day? And it had happened for 40 straight days. And Goliath came out and David just happened to be there this time. And Goliath said what he said. First Samuel, chapter 17, verse 26. David heard him. And look at how David responded. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David was not corrupted by the worldly view. I don't believe that David even saw him. I believe he saw him. But his knowledge, his heart, his spirit overcame his sight. He saw in the spirit, not in the natural. Can you imagine coming up? Have you ever had your your husband or your spouse going through such a problem, but you show up and you give different perspective, and all of a sudden you've got the answer to move out of it? Let me tell you, that is what the anointed in the household is for, to show up and not put up with the problem, but to give the solution. David came in and said, something doesn't sound right. He's looking around and Goliath comes out. And what did it say? If you go and read the story, the Israelites heard it this day and ran. You know, it's not like I've heard this before. 40 days, I'm not surprised. But they ran again. Are you with me? Put yourself there. This is a real story. David came out and is looking at everybody running. And he speaks. How dare this thing speak against my God? His view of the problem was not... His view of the giant was not based on the giant. His view of the mountain in front of him was not based on the mountain. Do you get it? It did not define him. It was not going to dictate his response. I don't even believe he saw him. He heard him. Who does he think he is? Who is this clown that should defy the armies of the living God. He's not even saying who is defying my God, but who devi- who is he devi- defying God's people? So it puts us in a place of authority because we're God's people. I'm getting excited. I couldn't help it in worship. I mean, I'm—I've about lost my voice. I didn't sing half the time. I'm excited. Because we're in battle. We're going to battle. Let me tell you, this last week's going to be battle. You know what battle means? Battle means victory. Battle means victory. We've gotten another breakthrough, I feel like, in this week over things that I've been praying for over the church. Praise God. Do it, God. Show me not to stop just because we do this 40 days. Teach me to seek you all the time. Have you ever seen a child respond to a scary situation, but he doesn't respond scary because his daddy's standing behind him? The moment he realizes his daddy's gone, he's out of there. But as long as daddy's there, couldn't care less what the person has to say. My daddy, you're not going to bother me. There's my daddy. And you know what? They're right. Daddy will take care of that child, won't he? David knew who was behind him. He had been spending time writing psalms, singing unto God, seeing God give him breakthrough over the lion, breakthrough over the bear, breakthrough over the wolves, breakthrough over his life. The Lord had been pouring into him. So when he came up against Goliath, the daddy was there. He knew God. He knew God's presence. He knew God's word and he knew how God operated. David even tried to arm himself with the world. King Saul said, put on my stuff. This will help you. David said, okay. I'll put on your armor. I'll put on your shield. I'll put on your helmet. And what did he say? I can't go in these. Because I'm not used to them. They're not for me. I'm not going to fight this man as the world fights. I will fight as God fights. And it may not look normal. It may look crazy. But go with me. Go with me. He took five smooth stones and a slingshot. And I want—I hope I've got the right scripture here. He didn't just go to the battle. He ran to it. He ran. He didn't wait for the giant to come and find him. He ran to him. And he didn't just start flinging rocks. He spoke. Catch this. 1 Samuel 17. Verse forty-five. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this one. Not that I didn't read the other one. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. Um, Seventeen, verse forty-five. David said to the Philistine, "You guys, flip with me back there, uh, Michael. You come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I believe the stone is already effective." He has just positioned himself when he slings this, it's out of his hands. I believe had he not spoke, he would have missed all five times, but he's speaking. He's speaking under the authority of God. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut you off, cut off your head. Today I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine armies to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Can you imagine all the scary Israelites hiding behind the rocks and they're hearing David speak? Do you think that they're going like this? Somebody sounds like they know what they're talking about. I got to see this. You ever been in school and there's a fight? Fight! Fight. They know a fight's coming. These kind of words are not just going to stand there. There is something about to happen. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear. Who does this sound like? This is the word that Paul Wilbur gave. All will know it wasn't you. It was me. All will know what I'm about to do over this time of breakthrough is I'm going to come through. And you won't have to worry about what if it's man. It's me. Not by sword or spear as the Lord saves. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you all over into, into our hands. He's given the glory already to God. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David, David ran quickly toward the battle lines to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistines and killed him. I hope the Lord's speaking to you. The Lord's just saying to me right now, if you're facing some unbelievable battle in your health, you're... I believe the scripture shows us that man's way is not the way of being delivered. God's way is. That doesn't mean we don't take our medication. It doesn't mean you don't go through chemo. It doesn't mean you don't. I'm just saying God did not deliver the children of Israel by the sword or the spear. That is, God did not deliver the children of Israel the way that the world would see him deliver. God delivered him the way that he desired for him to be delivered. He took the tools that David had and that he had prepared for. David was skillful with it. John, I hate to even point you out, but I believe that breakthrough and healing can come out of your guitar. That's where your that's where your skill is. I don't know what other skill is, but you've got a great. Uh, I think there, uh, you've got a great skill, and I believe that anointing throws through what we have been prepared for today. What are you prepared for? What are you good at today? Do you hear me? Is that going over your head? Is that messing with your theology? I believe that what God, God took David where he was skilled. David wasn't skilled with the sword. He will become skilled with the sword, but at this day, he's not. What I'm trying to say is the giant that you're facing, you are equipped to slay it. It does not take something that you've got to order online or something that you've got to pray to have that you don't have. It's what you have. God uses what you have. God uses what you have. Our battle is not fought or won by ways of man. We do not use the armor normally used in battle. We don't use the men normally used in battle. They're not tested. We use what the Lord trains us in. The word of God. Are you prepared for battle? David was prepared with the word of God. And then God used his little slingshot and stones. He took five, and I know that you've heard this before, but it's it was believed that there were five giants out there, four other brothers of Goliath, but it just took one. Okay, Goliath, if that's the way you want it to be, fine. I'll just kill you, and that'll be it. What did he do? He ran out in the battlefield. He took Goliath's sword and chopped his head off. Can you imagine the guys are hidden behind the rocks? Everybody look, I got it. You can come out now. Go get them. Charge. Now all of a sudden the child's got their daddy behind them. Oh, we can get them. There they go. They forgot daddy was behind the children of Israel. They forgot. The church has forgot God's behind us. The church has forgot he's given us a word to break through. I'm not trying to be. Uh, I don't want. I am part. I have. I have a percentage of Indian in me. So you can't get on to me for. Ooh. Yeah. Can you get that image? Giant. Dead, bleeding. No more done go get them go get them kids we got it who are your giants what are you facing man i'm out of time no i'm i'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep going we're, we're not done yet how do we battle let's look real quick at ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 finally be strong in the lord in his mighty power church this is not some little kid's story for you to just take and say man that was good this is for battle this week Hang in there with me. I'm going to go quickly. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I can't wait till next week because next week we're, we're giving. We're planting seed. This is for this week. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes right off. Notice this is an encouragement. Church, this week while you're praying and desiring breakthrough in your health, in your finances, in your life, be strong. It's an encouragement. You may not feel like in being strong, but be strong. How many knows that just a change of attitude will change the way you walk your week out? That's what this is saying. Change your attitude. Change your attitude. It's an encouragement. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. What does it then say? Put on. You have to do it. You have to put it on. Put what on? You must engage, you must do, you must put on so that what? You can take your stand. You have got a stand to take this week. You have got a stand to take. Don't think, oh man, because I'm going to church on the hill and because we're doing this seed Sunday, I have to walk through a battle. No, you get to. You're about to have some major victory in your life. Let me tell you, the battle's going to come regardless. But this week, we're going to have breakthrough. And that giant's carcass is going to be fed to the birds for everyone to see that it is God that has broken through in your life this week. I know many of you that are looking for breakthrough. I want you to know breakthrough's coming if you will do as David did. Speak out against it, run out to that battle, and throw a rock at him. Look at this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. One of the church's greatest demands is to discern between the spiritual struggle and other social, personal, and political difficulties. Otherwise, individual believers and groups will become easily detoured or wrestling with human adversaries instead of prayerfully warring against the invisible works of hell behind the scenes. This scripture announces the church's corporate assignment of prayer warfare in order that the evil will be driven back and the will of God will be advanced. Let's keep going. Almost done. Therefore, say these things that are highlighted for me together, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand what stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled what does that mean you got to do it buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place what does that mean the buckle has got to be put in place well i'm sorry the breastplate has to be put in place it's in place let's keep going and with your feet Fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this. Take up the shield of faith. Which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Who extinguishes them? You. Who slayed the giant? David. The giant just didn't have a heart attack out there. He was slain by David. The belt of truth. What is that? It's the Word. Let me keep going here. Weapons. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Who is our righteousness? How are we made righteous? By Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. He is the Son of God. But He's also the Word. How do we know what's righteous? By His Word. By his spirit, fitted with readiness. What is fitted with readiness? The gospel is fitted with readiness. That's the word. And then finally, the shield of faith. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. What is the common thread? The word of God. This military metaphor is intended to show us that we are engaged in an active battle now. All the spiritual warfare waged today is victorious only. Everybody say only. On the basis of appropriating provision of the cross and the blood of Jesus. Don't let that go over your head. That's the key. The the only way victory comes is by appropriating provision. What does that mean? Putting into action what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross And by the blood, there is no victory outside of that. When you trust God with your burdens, you are appropriating the blood and the cross. When you trust God for your children for breakthrough, you are appropriating the blood and the cross. What do you mean, because I believe in Jesus? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? It means you believe that he died on the cross for your sins. It means that his blood is atoned and washed you clean. Do you realize that if you'll just believe in Jesus, everything falls into line? But without that belief, without appropriating the provision of the blood and the cross, there is no victory. You can hoop and holler all you want. You're just going to lose your voice. People are going to call you crazy. But when you do it according to his word, you are agreeing and having faith and belief in the cross and in the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you, the enemy is going down. We have our victory. The Satan is overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. No other way. The word of God. We've got to do it God's way. Colossians two fifteen says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Personal faith that faith that positions itself against evil and aggressive prayer war, warfare that assails demonic strongholds. There are two distinct and complementary facets of spiritual life. They are the two aggressive prayer. I, I didn't say that right. Aggressive prayer and demonic strongholds. Personal faith that positions itself against evil. Personal faith that positions itself against evil and aggressive prayer warfare that assails demonic strongholds are the two complementary facets of the spiritual life. Did you catch that? Faith and prayer. The entire passage lends itself. I want you to catch this. Verse, verse 11, to stand against means, I'm sorry, means to hold at bay. You stand in front and oppose. Verse 12 said to wrestle means to combat one-on-one. You engage. Verse 13 to stand means to be found standing after an active battle. You were to still be uh, up and moving after the battle. 14 means to stand means to take your stand for the next battle. Each one of these words in the Hebrew, in the Greek, means something different. I feel like I've lost you. Come on. Take. Take. Who? You. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Did I miss that? With this in mind, who? Be, be alert and keep praying for all the saints. Paul recommends to put on the whole armor of God in order to stand against the forces of hell. It's clear that our warfare is not against physical forces, but against invisible powers who have clearly defined levels of authority in real though invisible sphere of activity. Paul warns us uh, of clearly defined structure in the invisible realm. He instructs us to take up the whole armor of God in order to maintain a battle stance against the unseen satanic structure. Of all this armor, this is not just some passive protection in the face of the enemy, but it is an offensive move against the enemy. It is a run to the battle, being armed with the word of God, going against satanic forces. And then finally, he says, pray, always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's New King James. It says, pray in the Spirit. Prayer must is not so much a weapon or even a part of the armor, as much as it is as it is the means by which we engage the battle itself. In the armor, it had nothing to do with prayer. Prayer is the means to engage the armor. Do you catch me? You can't do it without prayer. But prayer, I believe, is the appropriating. The armor, calling on God. David was armed. He wasn't armed according to the world, but he was armed. He had there what he needed, and then he appropriated it by speaking. You're going down, Goliath. According to God, God says this, and you're going down. Now stand there for just a second, and let me throw this thing at you. You know, he had to be doing this. What's Goliath doing? What's he going to do with that? Will you just wait just a second? Hang on. Don't move or go ahead and move. God can do a curveball. God can hit a moving target. He appropriated it by word. He appropriated it by being out in the fields, praying to God and worshiping. He was ready. The battle was over. David just needed to throw the rock. Are you with me? Your battle's over. You just need to throw the rock. And then finally, we can't leave with this for this week. I'll leave you with this one. Pray for me. Pray for your pastor, for your pastors, that whenever they open their mouth, words may be given to them so that they will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. Did it not change? Yeah, it did. That I may declare it fearlessly as I should. That's what I've tried to do for you today. Fearlessly. Get out from behind the rock and go speak. Get on your knees this week and pray. The Lord is going to give you breakthrough. It is His covenant. It is His promise. Appropriated by His cross and by His blood, He will do it. If anyone asks according to my will, it will be done. Come give that word.
1: Good. A a week or so ago, uh, or a few days ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I do pray at night quite a bit. And uh, the clock was at 3.33, and of course that's a good time. And every every room I went in, the clock was at 3.33, and I really didn't understand what it, what it meant. And I got up and um, opened my Bible, and when I did, it opened to Job 42.10, which I never liked Job. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's really discouraging to me. But now I love Job. Job 42.10 says that when Job prayed for his enemies... The Lord sent back twice of everything that He had, and then there were several other things to that. But the key to the to the to the intercession, uh, it did say at um, uh, Job 42:10, "Pray, pray, intercede." You call on somebody bigger than you to do what needs to be done. But but the the key to the prayer was Jeremiah 33:3. Call to me. Call to me, God said. Call to me and I will answer you. That was the, the, the verse, Je- Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not. And I saw us as a body of Christ crying out to God. And calling to him with our individual desires. And and making known to God our desires. And God was answering us. So my word goes right with what Pastor Paul has said. If we'll cry out, God is ready, ready to answer. Call to me and I will answer you, the Lord says. And show you great and mighty things. And call meant to call out, to cry out, to address someone. To shout or speak out, to proclaim, to call out loudly in an attempt to get someone's attention. Or calling upon the Lord and upon His name. So, there. We cry out.
0: Amen. I encourage you this week. Humble yourself and cry out. Let the Lord know what you need. And speak it out of your mouth. Lord, I trust you with what I'm walking through. I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to be seeking you for guidance. I'm telling you, the Lord is desiring you. He's desiring to give you the breakthrough you're you're looking for. But it's going to be appropriated through his cross and through his blood. No other way. There is no other way to the Father but by Jesus Christ. We all stand up with me. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you. But those that are here to pray, those that are ministering with me this morning, come on forward. I'm going to open up the altar as I dismiss you. Just come on up and let us pray with you. I don't want to miss a time to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for breakthrough. Lord, I thank you for battle. Lord, without the battle, we have no victory. And this is not some life we just live. It's some dead life where nothing happens. Lord, we have battle after battle. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to approach this battle differently this week. We're going to pray to you. We're going to ask. We're going to seek. And Lord, we're going to find. Lord, I pray over Seed Sunday. And I just ask what you are planning to do, Lord, that we wouldn't get in the way of it. Lord, we would be behind it. We would be behind what you're doing in this church. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you, Lord, for breakthrough this week. Thank you for Labor Day. Those that are gone and and, uh, vacationing, Lord, protect them. Lord, give us a great week. Greatest week we've ever had, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.